You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode, episode 186 on this Thursday here in Australia. Hope you are having an incredible week wherever it is in the world you are listening in to this podcast. And speaking of that, before we jump into the podcast episode today, super quickly, I was just looking at my Buzzsprout recap. So Buzzsprout is the the platform that myself and a lot of other podcast users use. And you know how you have your Spotify rap and your top songs that you listen to, all that kind of stuff. Well, Buzzsprout had a 2022 rap. I hadn't noticed it until just before. They had a little recap thing you could check out. And it gives you all the stats and all those sorts of things, the episodes you did and top cities. So Melbourne in Australia, top city. I want to thank you, Melbourne, and everyone in Melbourne listening into the podcast. I was also listened to in 73 different countries last year, which is awesome. It's so crazy to be here in our house recording these podcast episodes and people in 73 different countries around the world are tuning in from. So, you know, you look through the recap and you've got America, Australia, Great Britain, you know, big countries like that. But if you are from a smaller country, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know where you're downloading from, where you're listening in from, and I'd love to get to know you more. It's so cool to be in 73 countries. You know, it's just a really cool little way to start the podcast episode today. Anyway, getting into today's topic, and today I do want to be talking about the investment side of things, because as always, we talk about it all the time. There is no point making money if we don't know what to do with it. You know, if we we're hustling hard, we're doing all this work and people put in so much time and effort and work into earning an income. And so often they can put so little time and effort into taking care of it. And it's not just in this industry. See it all the time. You know, my old housemates when I was in the health science medical industry, you know, it's pretty tough work getting through health science degrees and physio and pharmacy and uh, occupational therapy and medicine and all the things that my housemates and I were all studying. And so many of them, they're earning really good income. And then they just say, you know what? I've worked hard for my money. Someone else needs to take care of it. I don't have the time, the energy, the mental capacity, the emotional effort, all that kind of stuff. I just don't have it in me to take care of the money. So of course, what happens? Unfortunately, um, (laughs) other people aren't respecting their money as much as they should. Other people aren't really doing things with their best interests at heart. Now, obviously, in our industry, I really care about this industry and I really care about how we're seen from a financial freedom point of view. And if we're truly going to offer financial freedom and we can, we definitely can. But if we're truly going to sell it out there, we need to help people with investments. And I think the biggest thing that stops most people is that it can seem so overwhelming. There are so many different ways to invest. And so there is always that question of, well, which way is the best? Where should I put my money? And there's a few different ways to look at it. But today I want to talk about really when it comes to where do you put your money? How do you invest? What are the type different types of investments? There's really only two. And as long as you can understand these two, everything else becomes a lot simpler. So the basic two different ways to invest The only two ways to invest, essentially, are you have investments that store wealth and investments that create wealth. 
So when you're looking at your investment strategy, when someone's coming to you and saying, hey, you should invest in this, if you're hearing about things, you know, you're learning, you're starting to read books, you're starting to grow, you're listening to this podcast, all that kind of stuff, and you're looking at where should we put our money, all this extra income I'm earning, my hard work, all that kind of stuff, where's the best place to put it? You're really sitting there with a pen and paper and you've got a you know, you've got two options. Is this somewhere to store my income or is this somewhere where I can create more income? So let's talk about storages of wealth because storages of wealth are what's more popular, what's known more, and it's talked about more. And I think a lot of it is it's spoken about more especially because that's what other companies and hedge funds and all that kind of stuff, they want to sell you. They want to sell you on these things because, you know, no one else is going to buy them if you don't buy them because that's where you store wealth. So you think about, you know, kind of older school mentality of buying gold and silver and putting it in a safe or, you know, bond investing where you'd have that great uncle who bought these bond certificates 50, 60, 70 years ago, and in their will, you get left some of these bond certificates kind of stuff, or you get left a block of gold. I know for my, um, I think it was my 30th, our parents bought my brother and I gold for our 30th each as a, you know, just starting to sort of, you know, you know, starting to uh, the process of passing on their generational, you know, what they had accumulated over their time onto the next generation and stuff. They bought us gold and we, you know, we just store it under the house essentially. But all of these things, currencies, commodities, bonds, some stocks and land, Land especially, and we'll talk about this in a sec as a difference in land versus houses, they are places to store your wealth. They are fantastic places to store your wealth. It is fantastic to be able to store your wealth in a block of gold. The problem is you've already got to have wealth before you can store it. You know, you can't store wealth if you don't have any to store. Like there's no point having a big pantry for food if you don't have any food to put in it, right? So when you have gold and you you know you convert $10,000 into however many ounces of gold and then you stick that under in a safe under the house kind of stuff, you are storing it there for the future because you've got this spare money and you can live without it. You don't need it for your current costs of living. So you store it into other places. Currencies are a fantastic place to store money. The US dollar particularly has always been seen as that, you know, the global currency, just as kids in Australia, especially because the Australian dollar was always, almost always weaker than the US dollar. It was always just said, you know, just buy greenbacks and just stick them under the mattress kind of stuff because one day they'll be worth so much more money. And most of the time, this is correct. You know, if you buy gold and you stick it under your house or you buy greenbacks or you buy land and just do nothing with it in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, generally worth a fair bit more money, 100%. You can just buy, you know, blocks of land on the beach. And again, you know, you hear the stories of, you know, your great granddad bought a block of land on the beach and it's now the hottest suburb in the world. And he bought this block for $6,000 or something. And now it's worth 6 million. There's always going to be those stories, right? The key to understand is that at no point did that investment, did that asset to an extent, make you any money until you sold it. So that block of gold sitting under our house 
doesn't make us any money until we go out and sell that block of gold. And people talk about, you know, you can invest in, if you know what you're doing, invest in cars, you can invest in motorbikes, you can invest in, you know, cabbage patch kids. And I know my wife who loves to, you know, get involved in some fads at times, right? We've got all these like kids toys in the, in the garage. And she's like, baby, these will be worth so much more money one day. You know, I bought them all those years ago and then they got really popular and we're just storing them up here, right? But they just sit there collecting dust at this point. One day we'll be able to sell them and that's great. But the reality is if you only make money when you sell it, it's not really a asset and it's only going to make you money if you can sell it for a higher price. So there is an amount of speculation in there. There is an amount of hope in there. There is an amount of kind of buying this block of gold and then crossing my fingers that in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, we still consider gold a valuable commodity. We may not, right? We don't totally know. Land, and I said land's the popular one because, you know, as the saying goes, God's not making any more of it, right? There's only so much land in the world. There's a finite amount of earth that we have to use until, you know, Elon gets his way and we start living on different planets and all that kind of stuff. But for the moment, there's only a finite amount of land. So you can buy land and sit there and do nothing with it. Now, the problem is, a pure block of land is a storage of wealth. You don't get paid money for just sitting on this block of land. In fact, you've still got to pay council rates on it. You've still got to pay, you know, someone to mow the lawn every few months, a big slasher to come in and just take care of it so it doesn't get too wild. You know, you've still got to set, um, pay fees and I'm just holding these things. But I can only make money when I sell it. few problems with this. Okay, the obvious one, I haven't made any money for the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years that I've been holding it. I haven't made any cash flow. That's an obvious problem. That's okay if I don't need it because I'm just storing my wealth there. Second one, there tends to be a fair amount of tax involved in these things. Third one, again, it's going to cost me money to hold. It's often there's holding costs. And then the fourth one, as we said before, is that really there is an amount of speculation. There is an amount of hope that this will be more valuable in 30 years than right now when I buy it. That these Cabbage Patch Kids, that that motorbike, that that antique car, all those sorts of things, that it will be more valuable. But the biggest, biggest challenge, the biggest thing that I don't think people truly understand when we talk about this kind of stuff, the biggest issue here is that if you're storing wealth there, you sell it, you make your money, you now no longer have that block of land. You now no longer have those motorbikes. You now no longer have those blocks of gold. You now no longer have those greenbacks under your mattress, right? By selling it, I made money, but I also completely lost the asset. Now I have nothing. Now I have nothing to fall back on. And the problem with buying to then sell later at a higher price is I only release my money by losing the asset. I have to sell it and give it away to someone else before I actually have anything. And that's the big thing with currencies. And obviously, you know, cryptocurrency is incredibly popular and I've come on here and said, you know, I've I've never 100% agreed with it, but it's not that I don't agree with blockchain technology as an incredible evolution in human society. The issue is that all these people are buying coins with the hope of selling them later. But that's not an investment. That's speculation. Just simply holding these coins, 
whether they're actual US dollar coins or whether they're cryptocurrency coins, just simply holding them doesn't allow you to do anything. They are storages of wealth. And the only way to create wealth through a storage of wealth is to start doing crazy things like trading. Now, when we talk about investing versus speculating, in the middle sits trading. So speculating is I'm going to buy this stock at $10 and hope that it's worth $100 down the track. Investing is I'm going to hold this stock because it's going to pay me money. And we'll talk about that in a sec. Trading is sort of that little gray area in the middle where I'm going to like look at the resistance patterns. I'm going to look at the candlestick charts. I'm going to look at the volume patterns. I'm going to look at the Bollinger Bands and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to be actively buying and selling, you know, daily or weekly or monthly, all those sorts of things to take little bits of money here, little bits of money, okay, lost there. But if I can get seven out of 10 right overall, I'm going to be ahead, all that kind of stuff, all those concepts of trading. I've done a podcast episode, maybe 20, 25, 30 episodes ago, talking about like your AI trading bots using artificial intelligence to do that trading for you. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of it that's sold. And again, that episode specifically goes deeper into this topic. But the reality is that that's not an investment because you're actively doing the stuff. Now, even if a robot's doing it for you, you've still got your money management strategies, you've still got to be actively involved, right? It's not investing in the way that you just sit on your bum and do nothing and your money actually goes to work. People who are traders, and I had that little period in my life where it was really quite fun and I talk about it all the time, I got nothing against it because I went through that period it wasn't for me, but because I had to sit there with my, you know, my three screens and my charts and all my, you know, spreadsheets, calculating all my risk and all that kind of stuff. And I loved it because I was a math nerd. But the reality was that was three or four hours of just sitting there staring at screens instead of three or four hours with my family. Talk about income producing activities versus joy producing activities, right? I could sit there and make money looking at these charts, but it wasn't investing where I could go off and enjoy more time freedom with my family. So we have places to store wealth. And if you want to try and create wealth through a storage vehicle, you got to start doing crazy things like trading or getting really speculative or taking on a lot of risk. And as soon as you take on risk, things can go wrong because risk does not equal reward. Risk equals risk. More risk means more risk. It does not mean more reward. It just means more risk. So you've always got to think about that. Flip side. Actual creators of wealth are when you buy assets that give you consistent, reliable cash flow. So you can buy stocks like Apple or you can buy stocks like a bank, like in Australia, you know, like Commonwealth Bank, right? Now, Apple is a huge stock. It's liquid. It's well traded, all that kind of stuff. And it's been over the years, you know, if you really, really zoom back, yes, people who, again, people who stored wealth. And I I think I've talked about him on the podcast before. A, a, a good friend of mine, well, I shouldn't say a good friend of mine, but a, a guy I met and I used to uh, ski a lot with when I was living in Canada. He, you know, his parents, he, he came from wealth, right? Again, like he came from wealth. He earned a lot of money through his will and through his parents' will. And he was like, just bet the farm on Apple. Like he bought Apple back in the 60s or the 70s, right? Almost like Forrest Gump did. And he didn't just put $50 in. He bet the farm on it when he could, his parents had had a very, 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 very successful business. He put all this money into Apple, right? And he's doing incredibly, incredibly well 
thanks to that, right? But again, he had this huge amount of money to start with, right? But the thing with Apple is that Apple, again, the only way to make money out of Apple is to sell it at a higher price. Something like Commonwealth Bank in Australia, where you know we have some of our money in Commonwealth Bank, it's because it pays dividends. They pay twice a year, 3% dividend in March, and then 3% dividend in September. So say you've got $100,000 in there, you get $3,000 in March, and then you get $3,000 in September. Now that may not sound much, but once you understand the compound effect and you're getting 6% a year, 6% a year, you reinvest that 6%, you reinvest that 6%, you reinvest that 6%, that's how you create a wealth loop. That's how you create wealth and freedom, right? And you have this compound effect and this snowball effect. That's what Warren Buffett does. And if Warren Buffett does it, maybe we should do it too, right? That's how he made all his money. So there's a difference between buying a stock that doesn't pay dividends and you hope you can sell it for later versus creating wealth through stocks that pay dividends and you buy, hold, reinvest, multiply, grow, compound effect, snowball, wealth loop. Now it's the same with having land and you have a house on the land with a tenant paying you money and the money pays off the home loan for you. You help, you know, again, create this loop. And as you pay down the home loan further and as rents go up, that gap starts to increase and the rent starts to pay off a positive cash flow. You've got a home loan going down in value. You've got a house going up in value. But most importantly, you've got a tenant there paying you rent every single week. The block of land won't give you anything, but the house will. The house with the tenant paying you cash flow is how you create wealth. Now, Angie and I could go and buy some blocks of land and speculate on them, or we could just invest in solid, reliable properties, you know, family homes. We like family homes, three to four bedrooms next to hospitals or schools. It's that simple. Why? Because there's always work in education. There's always work in health. And we like family homes because once the family gets their kids in a good school and they're happy with the school, they're going to stay there and they're going to be long-term tenants and again, pay consistent, reliable income. Now, again, that's how we created our passive wealth. Bought one house, used the rent and the income and the growth from one house to then duplicate into the second one. Okay. And then again, this snowball effect, right? Once you've got two, it's quite easy to get the third. Once you get three, it's very easy to get the fourth. Once you've got four or five, it's incredibly easy to get six, seven, eight, nine, ten. as long as you're disciplined in your investing and all that kind of stuff. Topic for another day. The reality but is, and the key is understanding, is this investment that I'm going to go in be a great place to store my money? Then I can hopefully sell it later for more. Or am I going to create it? Now, the thing with the creations, as we said, is they're a bit more vanilla. They're a bit more boring. They're not as exciting as buying Apple like Forrest Gump did and then selling it for millions and millions of dollars later. It's not quite as exciting as being part of the next Bitcoin, the next Tesla. It's not as exciting as buying that block of land by the beach for $6,000 and then selling it for $60 million, you know, two generations later, all that kind of stuff, right? They're the really exciting stories that we talk about. But to do that, you already have to have money to just store and you never hear the bad stories, right? Like a gambler, they never tell you the bad stories. Create wealth through cash flow producing assets. It's not going to be as exciting. It's not going to be as cool a story to tell your friends, but that's okay because you'll be, you know, sipping cocktails in the Maldives while they're at work. 
So they'll be so busy in their job that they won't have time to hear your story about how you created your wealth and you'll be checking in on your Facebook and Instagram from the Maldives while they're busy working, right? <laughs> That's the reality of financial freedom. If you're willing to do the vanilla stuff, if you're willing to do the somewhat quote unquote boring stuff first and stay there and stay disciplined and understand the difference between a storage of wealth versus a creator of wealth, once you understand that and you can delineate between the two and understand, right, if I put my money there, it's not really not doing anything. I don't get any of it back until I sell it. That is not wealth creation. That is wealth storage. Understand that difference and you will have incredible success. So wrapping up, I know there's probably a bit more information. Maybe you got to listen to this episode a couple of times just to really let it all sink in. But it is incredibly important. It was a big thing for me to understand that all the things I was looking at through my 20s, when I went through all those crazy times in my 20s, trying everything out there, the only way to make money out of the CFDs and the options and all the currencies and all the things I was looking at was to take stupid risks. And I was young, I was, you know, 23, 25, single guy, you take risks, you do stupid things. Sometimes you hit, most of the time you lose. Okay, eventually I learned, eventually I figured it out that I just had to get a bit more boring, a bit more vanilla and a bit more reliable. And hopefully I can pass that lesson on to you guys as well. Final uh, reminder, guys, because Monday uh, the event will be over. But final reminder, we've got our Becoming Financially Free in 2023 event on this weekend. So it is 3 p.m. Saturday, New York time. It's 8 p.m. Saturday, London time. It is 7 a.m. Sunday, Sydney time. Depending on where you are in the world, it's obviously going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be about a two hour long event. I'm going to be taking you through that four stage process and the key skills to focus on so you can have 2023, the year that you break free financially and live an epic life. Hope you got value out of today's episode. Hope to see you at the event. Hope you get value out of it as well. Head to andrewlogan.net slash 2023 for all the finer details. Otherwise, we'll see you on the podcast episode, uh, what, what, 187 next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.